Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Omar Rusanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with... Akosia Ochi. And coming up over the next 90 minutes, Dr. Mahmoudou Baumia picks number 10 on the ballot as Alan Chermantin settles for number 2, while Kennedy Japon picks number 1. Does it add anything to the campaign? We'll be hearing from the camps tonight. On Eyewitness News, also coming up, ECG meter theft on the rise in the eastern region. We'll tell you how seven, not meters, but transformers, we'll tell you how seven transformers were tampered with and some stolen within just the last one week alone. And later on Eyewitness News, mysterious black flies invade Dowinya in the Ningo Pram Pram district, biting residents and causing fear among them. Still, 97.3 CTF of more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business, Finance Ministry cited by Auditor General for its indebtedness to Cocoa Board to the tune of 1.9 billion cities as of September 2022. That's in 50 minutes uh, from the business desk of City. This is Eyewitness News broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra and also around Ghana on affiliate stations including Premier 100.5 FM, Beach 105.5 FM, and Sky Power 93.5 FM, all of them in Takrade. Also in Sunyani on Greener 95.9 FM, in Gosu on Hammers 106.5 FM. We are in Kumasi on Orange 107.9 FM. We are in Pando on Akbini Radio 96.7. We are in Hohwe on Heritage 107.3 FM. We are also in Yendi on Dasuma 99.1 FM. We are in Zuarungu on Word 88.3 FM. We are in Laura on Westlink 88.1 FM and in Waliwali on Eagle 94.1 FM. The show is also on YouTube, that is CityTube. We are live on Facebook. We are also on uh, citynewsroom.com. It's an interactive show. Join us with your messages on 0549-986-996. That's a WhatsApp number. 0549-986-996. That's a WhatsApp number. You can send us messages on Twitter as well using the hashtag City Newsroom. Tweet at Umaru Sander or at City973. Let's set over details of our stories now. And the governing New Patriotic Party, NPP, has held balloting for its flag bearer hopefuls ahead of the Special Delegates Conference on August 26. At the end of the balloting held in Accra, Kennedy Japon picked number one on the ballot. Kennedy Japon, the member of parliament for Asim North, is number one on the ballot. Alan Kwaje Tremanti, former minister for trade and industry, is number two. Joe Gatti, member of parliament for Esikado Ketan, former minister for railways, is number three. Kojo Poku, an energy analyst, is number four. Dr. Osui Fri Akoto, former minister for agri, is number five. Kwabnai J. Japon, former secretary of the party, former presidential spokesperson, is number six. Francis Adai Nimo, former member of parliament for Mampong, is number seven. 
Dr. Kofi Konedo Apreku, former Minister for Regional Integration and NEPAD under the Kufo government, is number eight. Number nine is Buachi Tremanti Ejakun, who was Minister for Energy in the first term of the Akufado government. And number ten, which is the last on the number, is Dr. Mahmoud Obaomi as the Vice President of the Republic. So the front runners, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia is number 10, Alan Kojutramante number 2, Kennedy Japon number 1. And then the rest also have various numbers. So this is the result of the balloting. And this was conducted in the presence of the Electoral Commission, which has certified what happened. Subsequent to the balloting, the party issued the following directives to guide the polls. The Special Electoral College scheduled for August 26, 2023 shall be held at each of the 16 regional capitals. So it's not going to be a single venue election. It's going to be um, a regional-based election. Each delegate shall be entitled to one vote and shall cast his or her vote by secret ballot for only one candidate. There was an, an, an appeal for... Uh, delegates will vote for up to five candidates. That has been shut down. So you're going to be voting for only one person. All aspiring presidential candidates shall be given the validated album for the Special Electoral College at least one month to the date of the Congress, i.e. not later than July 26, 2023. And July 26, 2023 is today, which means that the candidates should be having the albums by today. The Electoral Commission of Ghana shall conduct the Special Electoral College elections. An elections committee has been constituted to supervise the conduct of the Special Electoral College and the National Congress respectively. The National Council took a serious view of some unhealthy comments and utterances from some aspiring presidential candidates and their supporters which do not augur well for the unity and cohesion of the party. Accordingly, the Council, by this statement, reinforces compliance with the Code of Conduct for presidential and parliamentary elections of the party. Any aspiring presidential candidate or his supporters and party executives at all levels who act in contravention of the Code of Conduct moving forward shall be dealt with in accordance with the guidelines thereof and the party constitution. So that's the decision of the party, New Patriotic Party. Now, spokesperson for the Elections Committee of the party is also the Deputy Majority Leader and MP4, Efutu, the Honorable Alexander Apenyo Markins. He spoke to journalists after the exercise. Let's listen to him. I'm happy to announce that we've had a very successful engagement with eight of the aspirants who were present. Two were represented. Vice President Bao, and uh, we had our engagement, and uh, we deliberated on few matters that were of concern. We were able to build consensus on the nagging issues and incorporated same in the guidelines. We've agreed that the Electoral Commission is going to take charge of the elections and see to all the security arrangements as well. Agents of the aspirant will also oversee to the printing of the ballot papers. So the ballot papers won't be printed by the party. It will be printed by the Electoral Commission. 
And all that we would do is to furnish them with the details of the aspirants, including their pictures. We've given them the type of picture they are supposed to bring. So everything has been agreed upon. The notice of polls will be put out. A proxy has been agreed upon. There's going to be proxy and the notice will be issued and deadline for all proxies will be by on the 2nd. And all proxy lists will be furnished the aspirants. We also agreed to ensure that the, the list of delegates, the album in this case, will also be furnished the aspirants. Now, I must say that the balloting was successful. We did a first round of balloting where the aspirants pick the order in which they will pick their positions. So the ballot papers went round. In fact, they picked them randomly themselves. And then when we were able to determine the order in which they were going to pick their positions and they were satisfied, we rolled out the second phase of the process, which now allowed those who picked certain numbers to pick in that order, and they did so intense. So that's Deputy Majority Leader MP for Futu Alexander Penyomarkin, who speaks for the Elections Committee of the New Patriotic Party. Let's hear now from one of the flag bearer aspirants who were at the event today, the Honorable Kwabna Ejepon. He spoke to journalists as well. Well, I think everything went well. Um, we just want to have a very sanitized election. And the Electoral Commission is in control of the process and everything is gone. Can I think we have the photo album yet? And not yet, but they've told us that we can come and receive it from tomorrow. It's available. We bring our pen drives, we can pick it. So Are you satisfied with the engagement with the elections committee? Very, very satisfied. Yeah. What was your number on the ballot? Oh, you want me to show it to yeah, you? What was your number on the Number ballot? six. Number six. What does that mean to you? It means I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Kwabner Japon uh, speaking to journalists after picking number six on the ballot. Let's hear from um, other members or other well, campaigns in this particular election. Dr. Mahoudou Baumia is number 10 on the list. Miracles Abouaji speaks uh, for the Baumia campaign. Dennis Miracles Abouaji. Sir, your news. Number 10 has won an election before, but number 10 also means last week. Which one are you looking at? How are you campaigning with this number? <laughs> well, I think um, for the vice president, this is just one of the... Uh, stages of the process, part of the process for for these elections. Um, of course, uh, I doubt if there's anybody in this country that will miss the picture of the vice president on any ballot paper. So um, he's not too concerned about which position he finds himself on the ballot paper. That notwithstanding, voter education is always crucial and is always important. And so we would embark on the voter education accordingly to, to, to the delegates and ensure that if there is even a 10%, that would probably miss the vice president's image at any point in time. They'll be properly educated as to their level or the, as to the place of the vice president on the ballot paper. So we, we are well equipped now to uh, continue the process. At least now we are very clear the position of the vice president on the ballot paper and we, we are going to proceed from there to make sure each of the superdelegates are clear in their minds the position of the vice president. But like I said, 
<laughs> I doubt you there's anybody in this country that will make the vice president ever. Okay, so you're not going to coin any campaign songs or campaign themes using the position on the ballot. It, it is it is not significant for you now? I mean, voter education, like I said, is, is always a crucial part of the preparation towards the elections. And so we are going to we are going to embark on that. If if it requires coining songs, if it requires tagging, uh, creating taglines, um, we would we will do that. Um, whatever it takes to ensure that each of these delegates that we know and that we 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 are very clear in our minds where they are um, would know the position of the vice president. We we will do that. But um, the vice president is not so much uh, critical as to the position that he finds himself on a ballot paper. We are selling him as Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. We are selling his image. We are selling his brand. We are selling what he represents. And our core job is to make sure that he is imprinted in the minds, eyes, and hearts of the voter. And so even if the voter closes his eyes, he should be able to find him and vote for him. So we are going to work um, with everything. We are not leaving anything to chance. This is part of the process, and then we'll carry on with that as well. I see. But was that the number you were hoping to get? Was that a we, 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 we didn't mind which number we find ourselves. So Wherever we find ourselves, we'd, we'd make sure that the voter identifies him. Identifies I've already him. seen some DMB members sharing a blue number 10 around. It's almost yes, as if you I've had seen, planned for that. Yes, I've seen plenty of people share. I've seen Adesi, I've seen Adesi, uh, Messi, I've seen Adesi, Maradona, you know, and, and several others. This is all allowed. Whatever it would take for the voter to identify the vice president of the ballot paper, we don't mind. We're looking at close to about, or a little close to about nine, 900 thereabouts voters. Um, different segments of people, different class of people. Whatever it takes to reach out to everybody, we, we don't mind at all. But don't forget that this election is decentralized, it's regional based. Uh, the regions are not the same. Every region and the kind of language they understand, every religion and region and the way they, they, they do the local politics. And we're encouraging our, our members our supporters as much as possible to use a localized um, medium to ensure that the vice president is identified on the ballot paper. But most importantly, we are selling Dr. Mahmoud Baumia holistically. His image, his principles, his ideals, whatever he represents, we want to imprint him in the hearts and minds of people, which will include ensuring that people are identifying on the ballot paper when they go to vote. Well, how is the campaign going, though? So far, so good, Omaro. So far, so very good. Um, we're still in the Western region. We're supposed to complete Western region tomorrow. But um, the vice president had to come back to Accra to um, come and perform some official assignments this morning, which pushes um, Western region to Friday. And so um, it's been good. It's been electrifying. It's been quite inspirational, the way the party people in the Western region have received the vice president, the level of... Um, enthusiasm they show towards the campaign and show towards him. We, we are very clear in our mind that the people are receiving the vice president very well and, and he's going to win the, the, the election come August 26th and November 4th. By the way, have you received the album of the party? Yes, it, it said that he'll give it to you by the 26th, which is today. It's available. It's available. I am, I would not be able to confirm if we have picked up yet, but I'm sure the team is working towards that. It's available. They've already informed us that we could pick it up anymore. I'm sure we have picked that. If we haven't, between now and Thursday, uh, close of the day, I'm sure we'll pick it up. Thank you for speaking to us.
Thank you, Maro. That's uh, Dennis Miracles Abuaji. He is spokesperson to the Baumia campaign, uh, speaking to us there. Dr. Baumia picked number 10 on the ballot. Now, another person who was there to pick the or to ballot and uh, be chosen is um, Kojo Poku. Now, he was number four, or he will be number four on the ballot paper. He's joined us on the line. He's one of the aspirants, one of the 10 aspirants. Sir, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Were you hoping for four? You had a number in mind. What do you make of number four? No, nobody goes into these things with a number. And good evening, and good evening to your listeners and your viewers. I don't think anybody goes into these things with a number in mind. Well, you might have, you might want to play around a bit with certain things and you know, you might think that, oh, okay, if I get this, then it might be this. But look, it's a number. It's just a matter of wherever you are. It's not a booklet. It's just a list of um, 10 people. So somebody with a glance can see wherever you are and, and vote for you. So I didn't go into it with a number in mind. But look, four, it means that from today onwards, nobody will now, if anybody wants to say vote for, they will not going to use the word for. Uh, so at least I have now kidnapped that four. You know, when people are saying that, oh, vote for, they normally use the for, for to, to represent to vote for. So now, between now and God knows whenever, uh, after until the delegate is over, I think nobody except my uh, supporters are going to use that for, 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 for. And I think it's a good thing. Anytime somebody writes for, 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 they will be talking about Kuchapoku, who's number five. I see. Interesting way you, you've turned that around. So you're going to issue T-shirts and things that would have four on it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, why, um, why not? I mean, it's a number. It's, what, it's in town now. Every, all our supporters were looking forward to the day that we are balloting. Look, I'm very happy that this thing is over. But because in the last couple of days, on the Monday when the balloting did not come on, uh, people have put so much meaning and influences and said all sorts of things, which I have uh, completely. Um, continuously, I uh, repeatedly told everybody, that, look, there is no extract of truth in it. Today, all 10 of us have gone to ballot. You know, um, people, I think, are bored, and they just basically want to uh, use this uh, MPP internal election as a yardstick to basically try to wedge, and this person is doing this, that person is doing this. Everybody has been a happy family that we were. I mean, everybody went in person except Jogati and Asoku, who were not there. We were all there. In, uh, it was a very good atmosphere, and we all followed there. Sorry, um, Fred Owari came for his excellency down here. So three people were not, were not there in person, okay? But it was a very good atmosphere, and everybody was happy to be there, and we all had a very good um, ballot. So, okay. look, it's a good happening. The fans and supporters are going to make a meal of whatever it is, and then we, everybody's going to have fun with it. Very well. Uh, have you received your ballot, um, your album yet, your 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 voters' album? I didn't have a pen drive with me when I went, so tomorrow my rep will take a pen drive to pick it up. How is the campaign going generally? Very well. You know, the submarine uh, the submarine campaign, I've always said, is going very well. I mean, it's, uh, at this stage, I'm even overwhelmed. You know, sometimes the phone calls you get and the text messages you get, you don't expect it. But look, it, it, it's going very, very, very well. And we'll all see the results after the topic. And then me and you can sit and um, I can explain to you why just speaking P and English is a good thing. All right. Wish you all the best and thank you for speaking to us, Kojo. Thank you. That's Kojo Poku. He's uh, one of the 10 aspirants uh, who want to lead the new patriotic party into the next elections. Let's go to the Alan Kojo Chomantin campaign team now. He's number two 
on the ballot. Nana Ohininto is a former general secretary of the party and also one of the spokespersons of the campaign. Uh, Mr. Nto, you're welcome to Arena's News. Uh, the name is Mr. Ohininto, if you want to call my surname. I, I apologize. Maybe I should just call you Nana. It will, it will save me the Nana trouble. Nana is okay. So uh, na my surname is Ohininto. <laughs> All right, I apologize. I will just say Nana to be on no the safer problem. side. Uh, Nana is yeah. also a title, so it will still show the respect. Now, um, this number two, does it symbolize anything for you? No, no big deal at all. Well, I, as a Christian, I don't go by numerology and stuff like that. I know people believe in some of those things. An important thing is that the balloting process has been done, and Alan has picked number two on the ballot. I'm sure by now uh, you've had some explanation how the process itself uh, went about. There was the first round of a random ballot to determine who actually picks first for the final positioning. So that happened. And then finally, Alan picks number two. So that's it, yes. All right, so I'm saying that that's the number two. Would you do anything with it? Is this something that you were hoping for? It will be but a difficult sale. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to the creative artists and the communications people. And I'm sure definitely the, the, our communications people want to do something about with it. And people do believe in these things. People uh, get attracted when you can create something catchy around it. I'm, I'm sure that that some, some people would want to see something done about it. But the important thing, as I'm saying, is that Alan, like all the others, have gone through the ballot, and he's on the second position. So if you want me to do anything about it. I would just immediately tell delegates that they should just go look out for the number two slot on the ballots when they are going to vote. That one is very important for me. I see. All right. Um, aside that, the party says it will be giving the album to you by close of day today. Have you received yours? Incidentally, uh, it's funny, but I just had a call from the party headquarters that it is ready. So I'm actually on my way now to go get it because you've uh, got a good uh, pen drive that's correct yeah absolutely all right um why well, you wanted to you wanted to provide one of the super ones <laughs> no i'm trying to be sure you you don't go with a you know a pen drive that has a virus because if you do no, no, you... <laughs> we'll, we'll check that well, i'll check all that with the it people before i leave the party off all right the campaign itself how is it going very well very well indeed of course uh nobody would say that this is an easy campaign and this is one of the the fiercest campaigns that I think is ever going to happen in, in MPP 2007, yes. But this has a different set of dynamics. And especially when you consider that after the primary itself, you are facing uh, the general election that everybody is calling, talking about breaking the eight and so on. So, but, but to that extent, yes, this is a very, not an easy campaign, but it is going very well. Um, the issues about the language, the use of language, vitriolic language on the campaign, is something that has become a source of concern for the council of the party. Um, is your campaign uh, doing a clean campaign? Uh, if the party were to come down heavy as it has promised, you're sure that your members would, would, would not be affected? I can tell you that so far, no member of the Alan Chamartin campaign can be faulted in the use of foul language. You know, so for for us, I mean, 
it's good. It's good caution. I mean, it, it, it's a good point to raise. But if you know the person and Jonathan, and some of us who are also working very, very closely with him, uh, I'm sure you know our posture, Alan's personality, his demeanor, his whole perspective to issues and, and how he addresses things. And I can tell you, Alan is the kind of leader who sets the pace for the followers to follow. And he sets the example, and you are, you are in the media, and I'm sure you also can be a judge of what's going on so far. So it's okay. I think it's a very good portion. But it is not something that, that poses any difficulty or problem for, for the Alan campaign at all. All right. Thank you so much for speaking to us. But what do you hope to be, number one, two, three, four, five? Which one are you really working at in the last five? I'm sure you won't be asserting you'll be in the last five, but which number? Important thing is to be in the five at this stage because I know people might play some psychological games with whatever position you come up with. That's okay. But you know the real essence of the shortlisting is to make sure that you are in that five. And I, I, I don't think that uh, anybody who has been objectively, critically following development in the party can suggest that Alan possibly is not going to be in that fight. You know, that, that definitely is not going to happen. Alan will be in that fight. And for me, that is the most important thing. Of course, if you come number one, number two, number two, I mean, it has its own bonus. But the real thing is, You've got to be in that fight. Alan certainly is going to be in that fight. Thank you so much and wish you all the best, sir. Thank you very much. That's uh, Nano Hininto. He's a former general secretary of the New Patriotic Party. He's uh, one of the campaign managers of the Alan Kwadjo Chamantin campaign. So if you're just joining us, uh, the, the, the candidates uh, or the flag bearer aspirants have gone to ballot for their positions on the ballot paper ahead of the uh, super delegates uh, elections of the new patriotic party Kennedy Japan is number one Alan Chamantin is number two Jogate number three Kojopoku number four Osi Efriye Akoto number five Kobna Japan number six Francis Adai Nimo number seven Kofi Konedo Apreku number eight Boachie Jaku number nine and Dr. Mahmoud Baumia number ten so that's how it's going to look like on the ballot paper this eyewitness news we'll be back with more please stay Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. You welcome back. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Let me bring you some of the messages you have uh, been sending to us. Uh, Baba Chairman in Tamale says, My congratulations to all aspirants for a successful ballot. And I equally impress on them uh, to be decorous in the way the man and manner they go about their uh, various campaigns. As is Don Lainwa says, MPP as a political party should focus on redeeming it's a sinking image and rescue the limping economy. Change is coming soon. John Na Tete from Koforidua says, Matured and well-informed delegates are involved in this NPP super delegates election. Now, therefore, think voting will be based on conscience rather than position on the ballot paper. After all, what can come, can come. Alasan Hamdan from Nyoini uh, says it will be a suicidal thing for the NPP to present. I don't think I should read this, should I? No, I should not read that. Let me leave it for now. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. Let's go to the eastern region now. Um, there's a rise in the theft or tampering 
with transformers of the electricity company of Ghana. The company is worried. Uh, let's go and uh, speak to officials of the ECG in the region. Emmanuel Mam is the West Central. Emmanuel Ham is the Central Regional, Eastern Regional, I beg your pardon, PRO of the electricity company of Ghana. Sir, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you, brother. What is the story that people are targeting your your transformers? Okay, let me thank you for the opportunity. Um, recently, we have just observed a subtle trend that is creeping into our operational area. That's with the transformer tape that you mentioned. And uh, we have so, as we speak, recorded uh, eight attempts as of yesterday in the evening. On transformers. Um, there are some unscrupulous people in the region to our operational areas. We have transformers that are pulled. Some of them were alive, some of them were dead. They were not having power. But the worrying aspect is they just visit our transformers in the evening and they bring the transformers down. They are only interested in stealing the copper windings in the transformers. And they have succeeded in taking away four copper windings. Then they... they hello, Mr. Ham, can you hear me? They uh, took yeah, one. Hello, Mr. Ham. Yes, sir. Your network is really uh, problematic for us. I don't know if you could reposition yourself. Now, while you do that, can you um, recount for us some of the instances and where this theft happened or this tampering happened? Let me go back and speak to Emmanuel um, Ham, hopefully this time on a better line. Mr. Ham, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Great. you. Great. It's, it's better now. Thank you. So you were recounting for us the incidents of theft that you have recorded so far. And, and this happened, what, within one, one week? Yes, we are talking about a state of, let's say, three weeks. Okay. Three weeks. We've had attempts on eight transformers. So uh, after the Oyoko runabout incident, we were also shocked by another one at Suhum. That's around Pampanso number one. It's on the uh, main Suhum in Sahum Highway area. They were able to make away, take away some copper windings from that transformer too. And then uh, there were other attempts at Nyamikrum and then Kenke factory area. The thieves managed to bring the transformers down, but upon uh, suspicion from some people, they bolted away and they left the transformers. They attempted to actually open the top tank and then uh, take away the copper winding. And then we have also had two incidents. Recent ones is coming from Kedi district, where uh, some two transformers, which were not in circuit, uh, in areas that were dedicated for some companies, have been visited and vandalized. And uh, we have also had an incident where a life was lost in Kibi from about two weeks ago, uh, there was an attempt on the transformer, but the one was not fortunate, and he suspectedly uh, fell and died with a cutter in hand. And the police have been 
uh, informed about all these uh, incidents, and we are expecting that the general public will help us to keep vigil on our transformers. Uh, when they usually see people who are not in our vehicles, who are usually not familiar, we have maintenance teams that go to the various communities. So if they see such persons and they are not the usual people, they can inform ECG office first, or they can even call the police and they question them. If they are not from our office, then we'll be able to apprehend such suspects who are uh, attempting our transformers. Usually, we build these transformers at a very high cost, and when they make away with these uh, copper windings, which are of lesser value to the transformers, it really has a, a toll on our operations financially. I see. Now, this transformers i mean i'm even scared to touch my meter at home i am suspecting transformers carry i mean kilowatts of 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 power which can shock your electrocute you to death do you know how power running through them how are they able to dismantle them yes uh i think four of them that they were able to take away were sort of off, but we still had some which were having power, which they managed to bring down, and then they were unsuccessful in taking the copper windings. When uh, residents around reported an outage to the ECG, that's around the uh, former ECG materials yard in Koforidua. Um, what we actually do around our transformers, we place caution signs, which uh, me, myself, that I'm working with ECG, I'm not even permitted to go near because uh, I am not having that technical know-how to go and manipulate things. But these thieves sort of have some knowledge about our transformers and they are able to bring them down strangely. So we are just asking. Did they bring them so, down even when there's power running through them? Yes, they are, they are able to bring some of them down even when the power is running. It, it's not that they, they, they wait and strike when there's an outage? No, they cause an outage in one instance, like I was saying, around the material yard. They were able to bring it down. The customers around reported to ECG and ECG officials made an attempt to go there and they, they, they booted in the process. So we are just appealing, like I'm always saying, um, we are not everywhere all the time, so the public should help us to keep an eye on our transformers. Now, is it possible that it's your own people who are doing this because they will know how to maneuver their way around transformers? I, I don't know if ordinary thieves will know how to steal we have the transformers. We have, we have informed the police. Our staff are disciplined, and they are the ones who take the pain to build these networks that uh, they also know the value of transformers and they are very strict in keeping an eye on our transformers. We are not suspecting any staff yet. We are leaving that one to the police and then the public to help us. 
and we don't have an idea of how these people are operating. We only know that they are trying, and we know some suspected scrap dealers or those who deal in these copper sales are the ones who usually involved in such issues. But we will not want to jump the gun and then leave everything to the police. But our staff, we are sure uh, they are not doing such activities. These copper windings you talk about must be a very precious metal. What do they use it for? I have no idea. All that we know is they are only interested in them. They sell them as scraps to scrap dealers. And the value for these copper windings are lesser, lesser than the amount of money we used to purchase one transformer. Looking at the uh, street or market value of transformers that we use to serve our customers in the various communities. Thank you so much. Uh, please work hard and, and retrieve the stolen ones and also guard against the ones that are still installed. Thank you for speaking to us. Much grateful. That's Imano Ham. He's the Eastern Regional PRO of the Electricity Company of Ghana. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. You have uh, something on utilities, don't you? Akosia? Yes, I do. The Ghana Water Company Limited has taken a strong stance against Togo's claim over the Volta Lake and has reaffirmed its commitment to not remain passive in the matter. The company's response follows delays in the construction of the Sogakope. Lome Transboundary Water Supply Project, which aims to transport treated water from Sugakope in the Volta region to Lome, the capital of Togo. The managing director of Ghana Water Company Limited, Dr. Clifford Dwyma, revealed that negotiations between Ghana and Togo regarding the project have been slow due to the current impasse, but says both parties are making concerted efforts to find a mutually agreeable solution. The Togolese want to push all the risk on the people of Ghana, but they are those taking a greater portion of the, the, the water. And they wanted to have raw water for them to treat. We say that we cannot also take raw water and pass through villages that would have depended on it to, to, to them. And so we are also not going to allow them to just take uh, raw water to their place to treat. So we have to treat the water at Sugakope and then evacuate the uh, treated water so that people along the line can, can, can benefit. So these are the issues that we are battling with. But the lawyers are sitting with them. We are getting somewhere. It's very slow, but we are hoping that uh, reasoning will, will prevail. They even want to lay claim to the resource itself, that we own the Volta together. And so we cannot uh, put certain uh, charges on them. But we feel that uh, the water that is coming from Burkina, so they want to lay claim. And so these are the technical issues that are still uh, holding it. And the financing arrangement, because the PPP, they want to push all the risks to the people of Ghana. And I think uh, Ghanaians will not forgive us if we sit down and allow that to happen and we don't get a good deal. Dr. Clifford Brimer is the managing director of the Ghana Water Company Limited. Away to education, the student who was assaulted by his colleague at the Disadel College has been recalled after he was suspended by the school. He is also undergoing medical treatment and has been assigned a psychologist to rehabilitate him 
and help him through the trauma he went through. Adisadel College gained media attention when the viral video filmed in the dormitory in the school showed one student locking the arms of another and forcefully hitting his face against a metal bed, resulting in profuse bleeding below the victim's right eye. The video sparked outrage and concerns among parents, students and the public calling for action to be taken and all the students involved were subsequently suspended. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back. Now, the Office of the Special Prosecutor is urging the public to disregard reports of certain outcomes of its ongoing investigations of former Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources, Cecilia Abna Dapa. This follows media reports that operatives on the Special Prosecutor found large sums of money that took about five hours to count during a search of the Minister's residence. Here's more from the OSP statement. The Office of the Special Prosecutor has taken notice of purported reports, pictures and videos of the steps and actions taken in respect of the matter involving Cecilia Abnadapa, the former Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources. The OSP has not revealed, published or caused to be published or revealed any report, video or pictures of the steps or action it has taken in the matter and the outcome of the steps and actions. The OSP advises the public to disregard any reports, videos or pictures purported showing the steps and actions and the outcome of such steps and actions taken by the OSP. The OSP will brief the public on the outcome of the investigations upon the conclusion and any further action the office may take. You had excerpts of a statement issued by the Office of the Special Prosecutor read by City News' Sami Yafe. Now, the Commission on Human Rights and Administrative Justice, Shraj, has rejected preliminary objections raised by the Finance Minister and Secretary of the National Cathedral Board of Trustees, Reverend Victor Kusibwating, concerning a 2.6 million CD payment made to GMS Talent, a company owned by Reverend Kusibwating. Shraj has decided to proceed with its investigation into the complaints filed by Samuel Okujito Ablakwa, the Member of Parliament for North Tong. In January 2023, Ablakwa petitioned uh, Shraj to probe Reverend Kusibwati for alleged conflict of interest, possession of multiple identities and other purported criminal activities. The petition also raised concerns about a 2.6 million CD cash transfer from the National Cathedral Secretariat to GMS Talent Center Limited, owned by Reverend Kusibwating under his secondary identity, Kwabena Idujimfi. Now away from that, the Minister for Sports, Mustafa Yusuf, has confirmed the receipt of the prize money from the 2022 FIFA World Cup. The Black Stars accrued a total of $10.5 million from their participation in the global competition. Out of this amount, $1.5 million was disbursed by FIFA for the preparation 
of the senior national team, while the remaining $9 million was allocated for the group stage. During a press briefing, uh, the Ministry of Information, Mustafa Yusuf, elaborated on how the money will be utilized. We have received, the FA have written to the Ministry that uh, FIFA have transferred the prize money to the FA. They have written to us and have also written to my bosses. So my bosses are yet to respond. Once the response comes, we have precedent. In the 2006 World Cup, where the prize money came, there was portion that was given to the FA for sports development, infrastructure development, and you know what was done. And portion was sent to the consolidated fund. Then in 2010, again, uh, the government invested in, when the prize money came, everything was taken by government. In 2014, when the prize money came, some was given to the FA for uh, AFCON uh, participation in 2015. So this time we are just about going to AFCON. We also want to develop some sports infrastructure. The FA have written that they want to improve the infrastructure at Pram uh, Pram. Yes, it is at, uh, it's something that we need to get executive approval for. We have written, we've made various options available to my bosses to give me approval before we can communicate to the public. In addition, the minister revealed that former Black Stars coaches Milovan Rarivak and C.K. Akono are yet to receive their outstanding payments. C.K. Akono, who served as a coach of the senior national team from January 2020 to September 2021, is owed an estimated sum of $275,000. Meanwhile, his assessor, Coach Milo, was in charge from September to January 2022. We have not paid. We still owe Milovan. All of CK Akono and Milovan, once their contract was terminated, we negotiated, we sat with them, negotiated their exit, and CK was paid $100,000 immediately after the negotiation, just as uh, Milovan as well. We still owe both of them, and we are in the process. We have payment schedule, of which I can I will admit we have not been followed the payment schedule because of constraints of funds. But as and when we get funds, we'll be paying the two coaches. Both of them have written to the FA, threatening to go to uh, court. We have appealed to them that we are committed in making sure that we settle whatever that we have agreed with them. That was Minister of Youth and Sports, Mustafa Youssef. Now, residents of Dorinya and neighboring communities within the Ningo Pram district of the Greater Accra region are currently facing a distressing challenge due to the relentless influx of black flies. The insects have become a significant nuisance as their bites are leaving behind damaged skin, causing discomfort and concerns among the affected population. City News' Fred Duho visited the area to assess the situation and report on the growing concerns of the residents. Residents of Dawinya and some adjoining communities in the Ningo Pram Pram constituency are complaining about some black flies infestation or invasion within their locality. And these black flies, we understand, are causing a lot of discomfort to the people. It lands on their skin, takes a bite, sucks their blood, 
and the moment any individual hits that particular fly or scratches their said spot, it creates a number of blisters on their skin, causing a lot of discomfort. School children are not exempted from this whole situation, and they are since calling on the authorities to come to their attention. If we understand a sample of these black flies have been taken to the Noguchi Memorial Institute for them to conduct a number of tests to find out what exactly these black flies are causing as far as our health is concerned. What happened to your leg? I don't know. I learned there's animals in the air. Then when they bite you and you scratch it, then it will swallow before you know it has brass and it turns into cats before you know the water is coming out of it. What time did you realize this? Mm, since last week. So my daughter also came back from school and she was saying, I said, ah, I must. Then it means me too, I'm feeling it. So I heard, ah, everyone, when we went to church, people are saying, I said, ah. So me, I thought maybe say, I need the worm. So I went to the pharmacist to buy the worm. I, I deworm all my children myself. After that, still I'm feeling it. Before my children was telling me, no, it's, uh, they have seen that there's animal inside there, even they are school too. All the animals. Black flies. They are black flies, small, small. They, even if they bite, you can't see them, but you can see, feel that something has bite you. Before you stretch it, then it will turn into something else. But is the place itching you? Yes, it's itching me. So you stretch it, and then it will turn into cats over there. In this case, have you been to the hospital? No, I haven't taken to the hospital. There's some small animals that bite our legs. Small, small flies? Yeah. Were you bitten by some of them? Yeah, but not today. Yesterday, three days today, at our place, Tabora. How did you treat it? I didn't put anything. Apart from wearing socks, are you hoping to go to the hospital? No, 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 man. The Honorable Member of Parliament for the Ningo Pram Pram constituency, Sam George, has been speaking to us with regards to what he's received in terms of reports from some Assembly members within his constituency. Neglected Tropical Diseases Unit of the Ghana Health Service said they were dealing with an existing case similar case in La in Quantanan, which is the Medina area. And so they asked for us to get samples for them yesterday. And, and this was in the afternoon. Unfortunately, the flies, I am told, come in the morning and in the night. That's when they, they swarm the area. And so we have asked the assemblymen for the area to try and secure some samples. My understanding is that those samples have been secured here to Accra, to NTD. The NTD is going to work with Noguchi in Legon to do an investigation to be sure that it is the same species or what species it is and then what containment protocols can be put in place will then be discussed uh, with, with us. But for now, I'm aware the assembly met yesterday and NCC has been asked to go out there and do some public education. We are hoping that the Ghana Health Service will step in quickly and give us containment protocols. I mean, we need to know what we need to do about it. I'm, I'm ready and willing uh, from my office to support the Health Directorate and the Environmental Health and Safety Directorate. While residents in these communities wait for Noguchi Institute to come out with its finding from its investigation on these black flies, they may have to adapt by putting on some protective clothing to safeguard their skin from any further bites from these flies. My name is Fred Duo reporting from Dorwenia for City News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. 
Hello and welcome to City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Akusia Otre. Let's settle for the details. The Finance Ministry has been cited by the Auditor General for its indebtedness to the Ghana Cocoa Board to the tune of 1.9 billion cities as of 30th September 2022. Out of the 2.2 billion Ghana cities owed Cocoa Board, one 170, 147,000 cities were settled by the ministry. The Auditor General revealed in its two, 2021 report that the inability of Cocoa Board to adjust the producer price of cocoa to reflect the world market price under delays by the Finance Ministry accounted for the situation. Appearing before the Public Accounts Committee, a deputy CEO of Cocoa Board, Emmanuel Ray Ankara, said efforts have been made by the institution to recover the debt. As at September 2020, the debt uh, was 2.2 2. We have been engaged in Ministry of Finance. We, we, uh, we, we've had some successes. Uh, so, as of 30 September, that is two years after 2020, we received a total cash of 1478-496-825.81, leaving the balance of 772. But this is a, a running account. This is a running account. So, the uh, additional indebtedness had a reason, and post-dated September 2020. That was Deputy CEO of Cocoa Body, Manuel Ray Ankara, now leaders of aggrieved customers of defunct Gold Coast Fund Management Company, have rescheduled their plans to pick it at the Finance Ministry on 25th and 26th of August 2023. The earlier plan was to pick it on 24th July to further demand the payment of their locked up funds. Charles Nyame is the convener of the group and has been speaking to City Business News. Last week Wednesday, we were called by the police into such meetings, thinking that we are going to do same meeting. But when we got into the meeting, the police was trying to be a header on our way explaining to us that they cannot provide us with security protection on the day that we have set for our protest at the Ministry of Finance, uh, with the reason that upon their calendar, they have other spread activities covering that day, and they will need us to agree with them and change the day. That is postponed the citizen to another day. In fact, it was a tough decision. We compromised with the police and... Together with the police, we sat with them, considered their calendar for the month of August, and we fixed a new day for the picketers. That was the convener of the aggrieved customers of the defunct Gold Coast Fund Management Company. Now, Standard Chartered Bank has posted strong income growth in 2022 affirming commitment to Ghana at its annual general meeting. The bank ended 2022 with a capital adequacy ratio of 23%, well above the regulatory threshold of 10%. Here's more on the commitment. The total income of Standard Chartered Bank Ghana PLC grew 
by 16% over the previous year to 1.21 billion Ghana cities despite the challenging external environment. Operating expenses of the bank grew by 20% on the back of a high inflationary environment. The bank, however, recorded an impairment charge of 1.16 billion Ghana cities, resulting in an after-tax loss of 297.78 million Ghana cities for the period which it attributes to the impact of the domestic debt exchange program implemented by government. This was contained in the 2022 financial statement of the bank as presented by Chief Executive of Standard Chartered Bank Ghana PLC, Ms. Mansanetti, at the 53rd Annual General Meeting here in Accra. Being Ghana's premier bank, Standard Chartered Bank Ghana PLC has been operating in the market for over 126 years. So you had statements of uh, commitment made by the Standard Chartered Bank at its annual general meeting read by City Business News' Ni Lati Lati. Well, that's it for City Business News and Eyewitness News, powered by a most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Akusia Hotre. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. This is Point Blanc on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sandamaru. Tonight on Point Blanc, the new patriotic party is looking for a flag bearer. It is also looking for parliamentary candidates in orphan constituencies for now and then later in other constituencies. My guest on Point Blanc tonight, he has tried to be MP before in the constituency that was represented once by Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, the Osajifu. It is currently represented by Nilante Vanderpoel. Edwin Nilante Vanderpoel. The constituency is Ododododio. My guest in studio is Honorable Nilante Bannerman. You're welcome to Point Blank. Thank you, Omar. Anytime I see you, I remember the president's last campaign to you when he said that Muntuma Nilante Vanderpoel. And he said, how are you? I'm fine, Omar. Anytime I see you, that's what I remember. And I'm thinking, maybe that's why you lost the election. You know? um, it's in politics... Because um, the president went to do the same thing as in North. He went to mention a different candidate instead of the candidate he wanted to. And maybe that's what worried you. Uh, I think that in politics... Um, some of these things happen. Mm -hmm. um, you take the highs and the lows as and when they come. I have taken it in my stride. I've moved on. I think it's in the past. Um, it could have been a path. We can't take it that way. But, but it was a slip of tongue, right? Yes, it it's, a, it's, it's mm. normal. With it. it is a genuine mistake. Something you never expected to happen, but mm. it happened. Mm. So mm. you take it in your stride. Like I said, the highs and lows in politics. You, you, you look shocked. The look on your face that day. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, and it's human, you know. I know, I know, I know. But anyway, how are you doing? How have you been uh, since the defeat of 2020? Oh, it's been good. Uh, God has been good. Um, I've taken the opportunity to reflect a lot. Okay. Tried also to improve upon myself. 
academically okay. in every way I could. I've taken the opportunity to go back to school. You know, to improve that, yourself. Exactly. I see. And to reflect a lot about the constituency and the way forward. I so, see. I would say it's not been bad. Your, your constituency is the heart of Accra, isn't it? Um, you have a slum part of your constituency. You have the business part of the constituency. You have the fishing part of the constituency. Your constituency is a complex one, isn't it? It's, it's a very complex one. So what, what new things have you learned over the period? Um, you know... In, like I said, in politics, a lot happens. And what I have learned so far is to live with people in the, in the right way. Mm-hmm. Politics, like everybody knows, is very complex, like you have said. And in the course of the period, you could have even stepped on a lot of toes without knowing you could have taken some post, uh, very good decisions that might have not gone well with people and all that. And in, the, in doing that, you, you took cause a lot of problems for you. Mm, and mm. I believe that as as a people and as a party, we should be able to understand each other and move on. Whatever has happened in the past, I think that um, we should take it in our strides. Yes, we might. I might step on your foot, you might step on my foot, but at the end of the day, it's the party's cohesion, the party's unity that we are all looking for. Mm. What I've learned in the, uh, in the period that I've done this is, um, human management, how to live with the people, how to know, knowing their concerns, managing them, uh, living with them and all that. It, it's not been easy, but Umaru, we are managing. Okay, on election night, I recall, your constituency was one of the places where violence was recorded. Your member of parliament said he was arrested and uh, locked up somewhere. The police people came to his house or something to that effect. It was butu-butu in Ododio on December 7 into December 2020. What happened? You were a candidate in that election. Do you recall what happened? I recall vividly what happened and I get a little emotional when it gets to this because I lost party folks. People that... I don't think it's in the interest of anybody to want to go to parliament at the expense of other people's lives. And it's part of the reflections that I've, I've done and I believe that going forward um... I wouldn't want to see such things happening again, and I hope that the, my, my brothers on the other side will also see that these things are not worth it. You don't have to go to parliament at the expense of somebody's life and all that. On the day, I remember when the results started trickling in, from the NDC stronghold, um, we were doing much, much better than we had done in all elections. Even at the time we won in the do our results from the NDC strongholds were much, much, much better. Mm-hmm. So our people thought it was a done deal because once we get our votes from our strongholds, then we're going to make it. But what was obvious to a lot of them was the fact that uh, because it was declared a holiday, most mm-hmm. of them didn't turn out. Yes, and um, we couldn't get the numbers that we were expecting from them. So they started jubilating. In the course of the expectations that they had, they started jubilating and went on a jamboree. They got to a point and people started spraying guns into their midst. And finally, let me say that I was in the lead, leading the people when that happened. We got to the party office and I decided to go and see what the coalition is coming up with. So they continued. I, I say this with a lot of pain, that it could have been that I would have even been in court in the mess, but God knows best. So you were jubilating even before victory was declared? 
that's what my but but you're a politician you no are i wasn't jubilating I, I went to the ec office because we were expecting them to start a coalition so my people were calling on me so when i got there and i was coming from the ec office the people were following me i was not in the melee i was okay. not there but then when we we're coming but why say you're leading them no from the ec office mm -hmm. i was returning from the ec office the okay. coalition center okay. to make sure that because the ec officer was not present so they are not really started mm -hmm. so that when i was coming back they were following me that's why i said so, but they, they were then, we were getting our results from the mm -hmm. NDC Strongholds, and we knew that it was better. So it's not like I was leading and thinking that I had one, no. Okay. No. You belong to, you belonged at the time, and you still belong to the party that won the election. Um, okay, great. Um, um, any violence that is recorded that night is attributed to either the police or the military. Your party is in power. So it will be fair to say that you are the one who brought the guns to the constituency to come and shoot people. Your MP said he had to go and hide and his house was ransacked and his family were, 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 were assaulted and all of that. Mara, I, I wish that would not go into this because the case is in court and the MP is uh, um, unaccused. Okay. Because his, his hotel room then that was searched. He was living in a hotel at the time mm. in the constituency. The, the place was searched at the time. I don't want to go into details. Okay. So the man stand accused, and <laughs> I wouldn't want to be. Are you sure that we'll not see a repetition of that? Because Ododio Dio is like a hotbed. That tag is not a good one for your constituency. At all. And anybody that knows Neil Antibanaman, for that matter, Nibana, as politically known, will attest to the fact that I'm not the kind of person that will involve in any of such things. Unfortunately, these things have been happening. And Omar, I don't want... You see, these things are very emotional to me. Mm. In 2016, you are aware that I was attacked at gunpoint mm -hmm. by then the sports minister who is the MP. So I get emotional when I talk about these things. I just don't want to go into that okay. because I don't expect it to happen again. Okay. Going forward, in fact... My age in 2016 is not the same age now. I've grown a little, and I believe that my brother too has advanced in age. Mm. So we should be able to move away from some of these. Are things. you related, the two of you? Um, as far as I'm concerned, girls. Once you mention your name, the clan house that you come is known. Okay. We bear the same name, Lante. We come from a particular clan house. Okay. Which is uh, Lante Janwe. So. Okay. But you're not directly like brother and brother or no, cousin no, no, or from the same home. Not at but all. it's possible you are they are from the same clan, but not from the same home. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to be sure. How did you do in 2016 in terms of the votes compared to 2020? Would you say you were doing better or you retrogressed? Um, I would say I've done better because in 2020, in 2016, the difference between the NDC candidate and myself was 9,800 and something. Mm -hmm. In 2020, it's 6,500. So you closed the gap? I closed the gap. Even though there's still a huge margin there? There's, there's still a huge margin. What's the total vote population generally? It's 105,000 now. That's a big number. That's a big number. So losing by 6,000 is not that big? Um, let me say that... Um, it means that you've done well. I wouldn't say I've done well. You mm. go into an election to win. So since you've lost, you've so lost. So since you've lost, you lost. The thing is that... Um, there were a couple of mistakes that I might have made as a human. Okay. But by and large, you can't take it away that the holiday took away a chunk of our voters. Which, uh, what holiday? You know, Farmer's Day mm -hmm. is celebrated on the first Friday of every December, December mm -hmm. in every year. Mm -hmm. In election years, 
the farmers day the celebration is moved to the first friday in november mm -hmm. but the holiday for the farmers is maintained still for the first friday in december mm -hmm. in 2020 which was an election year the celebration of the farmers day was moved to november first friday but then the holiday was still maintained, uh, maintained for, december, for december no december 4th okay which was to be a friday mm -hmm. so at ipac that's what i heard the discussion was that oh, because Friday is going to be a holiday and we are going to vote on Monday, why don't we rather shift the holiday from Friday to mm -hmm. Monday? So okay. election days are not originally holidays in Ghana. So election of 2020 was a holiday? Was a holiday. And for you, that affected you? Largely. But why? People vote in their homes. In their home, they vote in their polling states. Yes, there are laws. You don't only vote in your homes. Where I, I know, but generally, people register where they live. Yes, but I have a lot of people who trade in my constituency, Okanshi, Katamanto, ah, So they had gone back to their homes. They so they were not around on election day. Exactly. So if it was an election day, it would have been easier. If it was a normal day, they would be at work doing their business and they'll take a break, go and vote. Perfect. It's part of the reasons you it's think you lost. It's largely the reason why I but lost. But could it also be the popularity of you, the candidate? Are you sure you're popular? Umar, um, the Nibana brand in Odoidio is huge. Mm. If you consider the fact that I came to meet a deficit of 21,000 in 2012, brought it to 9,800 and something, brought it to 6,500, in a largely NDC stronghold, I don't think I've done, I've done any worse. I think my brand is good, and the brand is... I don't think it's about my popularity, because as it stands now, I think I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it. You, you said something, an NDC stronghold. I don't know, is it fair to describe Ododododio as an NDC stronghold? You've won that seat before. Yes, how many, how many before. times? Once. Only once? Yes. That was uh, um, Mankata? No, that was Nibia Ibonte. Nibia Ibonte, yes. after Mankata's death. No. So Nibi uh, was MP in 2000. Mm -hmm. In 2004, he lost to Mankata. Mm -hmm. Mankata, in, six months into his term, passed on. Mm -hmm. So there was a by-election. Then the MPP chose to bring a different candidate from Nibi. And that's when you started losing the and seat. We started losing again. But before Nibi since. came, it was the NDC that had it with Okanji Adamafield. So you've only had one MPP. One MPP. Could it be that it's an NDC place, so forget about it? Uh, the I party itself is not popular there in Gamashi. The party, I would say, you see, let's not say it that way. Over the years, I believe that it is a collective effort that the, if, if people at a point lost hope in the Dorido, including mm. the constraints, mm. as, as far as MPP is concerned. Mm -hmm. But my coming into the picture changed the perception and changed the dynamics. Mm -hmm. And from there, we've made much inroads. We've made that collective effort, we've, we've, we've had that collective effort to bring the party to where it is now. And I believe strongly that if you look at the fact that in the last four elections, we've not really won, it makes the place a, a safe haven for NDC. For NDC. Mm -hmm. But I can assure you, it's something that we started, something that we've built over the years. And in 2024, that will be. It's funny because Manchagona is usually the place where all the parties do their rallies. Your party does rallies there too. But you, it's difficult for you to win that seat. I don't know. Are you are you sure you have a to chance To win as a party? which seat? Ododododio. It's, it's possible. Omar, like I said, in 2020, 
more than 18,000 people in our strongholds didn't turn out to vote. And the voter turnout in our strongholds, I mean, the market areas, was between 45 to 55%. If you look at the NDC strongholds, which are the residential areas, the turnout was between 75 to 95%. Mm. And you, you, can, you could easily tell that our people were... And you see, one thing we need to factor into this is the fact that the holiday was even declared. Everybody was expecting that Friday was going to be a holiday. And it was moved then to Monday. It was moved to Monday on the Wednesday before the Monday for voting. So okay. it was just five days to the elections. I see. And that thing came in. So You've lost the seat twice or the constituency twice. What if an MPP person says, listen, Nibana is not the guy for us. We have gone to war with him as our general. He's, he's tasted defeat twice. Han Wachakimi. What would you say to that person? I'll say to that person, check the records. Check the Nibana's track record mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. And check the records of all the candidates that we have presented over the years. And you could tell that MPP needs a consistent candidate to pursue this. MPP needs somebody to do it over and over again. Because the seat is not for us. And that is what the party has done with me. The party, the people, has, they've nurtured me. They've been part of this journey. They've been part of what we started. Mm -hmm. And they've brought me to this stage where we are on the verge of taking the seat. I don't think it would be prudent to go into this election with a new candidate. Matry Makwe. It is not possible. It is not possible. Every candidate that we have presented over the years had increased the vote rather. It moved from 4,000 uh, in the day of Nibi to 7,000 in the days of Ajisoa, to 20, 21,000 plus with Captain Okankwe. It took me to come into the picture to drop from 21, a difference, I mean, difference between the NDC and the MPP, from 21,000 to 9,000 and now 6,000. And you think a new candidate can do better? No. You need that consistency. You need that nurturing of a candidate who can, and you see, most of the time, the people that come, they are not in touch with the constraints. Mm. I am a local boy, and that is what the NDC has been using to beat us. We bring in the candidates who are not really resident in the constituency, and then we don't win the elections. But you are from there. I am. I, I mean, I stay. I stay there. Most of them have. They are indigenous as well. Where's your house? My house. I have about five family houses in Odoedoedo. Okay, so I mean, so you mean we can find you if we wanted to look for you? We go. To I'm Odoedo. always in Odoedoedo every day. The NDC hasn't done its primaries in your constituency. Interestingly, does that mean anything to you? Um. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it looks like they are a little confused. Let me put it this mildly. And um, I am hoping that the confusion that is in there will not disrupt the peace and stability that we have in the constituency. Um, we are not looking at them. We are focused on what we have to deliver. We are focused on the mandate of delivery for the MPP. So in the, in, at the, in the state they are now, they are confused. They've had elections all over, but you know, do, 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 there's some form of confusion in the minds of the NDC. Your constituency is a fishing constituency. Premix fuel is a big deal in our fishing sector. Premix fuel is a political issue. It's an election issue. You were in charge of, was it Premix fuel? Yeah. What was that under the first Akufado government? Yes. What were you doing? What role premiers? Yes, exactly. Why were you sacked or removed or replaced uh, or not appointed <laughs> again? Thank you so much. I wasn't sacked. I wasn't removed. The fact is that per the ally that regulates the premix administration, you can serve as a chairman, you can serve two two-year terms. Okay, so four years in so total. So four years in total. And after that, you cannot be there. So I wasn't sacked. I served from 2017 February. It was renewed in 2019. And then in 2021 February, it ended. 
So that is what it is. It is. I wasn't sacked. I served all my terms favorably, and my track record is there. It was very efficient, very effective. I, a lot of um, innovations and all that. I led the innovation to bring in the digitization of the PMIS, which is being done now. I what digitization is that? Yeah, to digitize the outlets so that um, you, it will minimize the diversions, the um, the hoarding, the hoarding, and all that, so that uh, you can track anywhere whatever amount of weather was sent to a particular place see what is in the tank or what has been sold who the who was it sold to was the canoe fisher the canoe registered and all that it took me to initiate were you also there when they changed the color to blue or that was before you guys came <laughs> it has always been blue. it was always been blue and i think there was a time that they decided to make no, it blue they, so you that... know it's a combination of um um Chemicals. chemicals, okay, and the blue is added to it to distinguish it from yeah, the other. Yeah, I think that was that had so to end at the end. So, if there is a shortage of that color, definitely it will go it to will, the original exactly. color. Do you not think that premix is going to be a problem and has always been a problem for you in that constituency among fisher folks? Um, I can't speak because you've politicized the premix. In fact, they say no. that you have put party people there and and they don't get the premix. You know, and for them, they just want premix to go to sea. Umar, it's not true. It's the not true. Premix. Um, the LI 2233 that regulates premix fuel establishes who can man the premix outlet. Mm -hmm. It is not for nothing that the LI is in place. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we came to meet that, we came to implement that LI. When the NDC was in power, they didn't implement that LI. The LI was passed in their time, but we came to meet it and now to implement it. And it shows clearly who and who can be on the premix committee at the local level. Mm. So it cannot be politicized. It's something that is regulated by law. So you can't put party boys there? As to who is a party boy? Okay. The diversion bit, you are saying that it has been sorted out? As far as I was concerned at the time, we were able to bring it down to a large extent, such that in my last three years, there was zero incidence of premix diversion. And the records are there for you to check. The Ministry of Fisheries now has introduced something called the closed season. Are your fishermen happy with that? It started in our time. Yes. And are your fishermen in your constituency happy? Would that not affect you again? No, no. The people, the fishers are happy about it because, you see, Ghana as it stands now, mm -hmm. we've lost about 85% of our fish stock. Mm -hmm. We are just around 15 to 20% of our fish stock. And if this continues in the next five years, it means that we are going to go so low that it will take us more than 50 years to recoup whatever we had, for the fishers to even get fish for us on our tables. So if the closed season is not introduced, the closed season is such that the fishers will give the sea some uh, uh, some form of um, reprieve, reprieve mm -hmm. for the fishes to be able to spoon. And it is given at a time when the fishes are expected to spoon, mm -hmm. between July and September, where the fishes are expected to spoon and to, let me say, multiply. That's when they give birth. That's when they for, give birth. For the simple for, English. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So... The fact is that so they don't catch the baby fish. No, I mean so that you don't catch the baby fish. Exactly. So you exactly. Let, let them grow. You let them grow and give the fishes to the opportunity. So you don't catch the pregnant fishes too as well, okay. so that they can lay their eggs and give birth and all that. So it is a good thing that we have to continue. I don't think the fishes they now understand it and they have appreciated it and they have accepted it. So I don't think it's something that will work against Someone us. Someone has just sent me a message. He says Ododio like Lejokuku, Kruo, and uh, all coastal towns use premix. The government even built wharfs and subsidized nets and outboard machines and still lost almost all their coastal seats. How? Titus Glover lost, Okuboy lost, uh, you lost, 
and then you lost Ablekuma South. Are you sure it is not a problem you have? Maybe there's something you are getting wrong in the fishery sector? No, I think the dynamics differed from every constituency. And I took the opportunity to do a, a thorough investigation, or let me say, a thorough... Um, investigation or no, research? Re, no, assessment. assessment of my loss. Mm-hmm. And I know it is not based on the, uh, the premix. It's not premix at all. In, in the sense that in recently, even yesterday, those that went to pick the forms for me, were fisher folks and market women. Okay. They made the larger part of the people that took my phones for me. And it is there for you to know. In my constituency, it is not about any Okoboy's constituency. If you remember, the people were speaking about him not attending funerals, mm. outdoors. The people spoke. I can't harm or not. That, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not a cowboy, I, I, but... I know, but that's what I... That's, that's what, also part of what they said. And you, so you can attest to the fact that the mm. dynamics are different. Mm. He lost for a different reason. I lost for a different reason. I'm sure my brother Bernard Brown lost for a different reason. Honorable Afolekwe lost for a different reason. Titus Glover lost for a different reason. Because there were other people who won. Okay. In 30 seconds, Uemo Gans speak to your delegates in order to do as to why they should choose you again. I'm referring to MPP delegates. Okay. Okay. Fema party <laughs> Thank you. My name is Umaru Sanda. I'm a production by Wilson Kobner and Sami Wiafi. Technical support from Daniel Squashi. New media support from Edwin Kwaku. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening and have a good night.
City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City973. The city is alive on 97.3.